Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 536 of the Duke Basketball Roundup. You know what, folks? You asked and we have answered. Our content today is mostly going to be, actually, I guess we asked and you answered. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, strike that. Reverse it. <laughs> right, reverse Willy it. Wonka would say. Yeah, we, uh, last episode, if you missed it, we talked a little bit about crazy wild predictions for the upcoming Duke basketball season. And we got a lot of you who responded both in the Duke Basketball Report forums and to our email address at dbrpodcast at gmail.com. And we're going to read some of those to you. We're going to comment on them. It's 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 good stuff. Wait, Plus, and Jason, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna grade them too. We're gonna we have, we're, a, yes. we have a percentage scale. We're gonna so some of them, like, hey, you might have thought there was like, oh, this is really bold. We're gonna grade them, ladies and gentlemen. Don't we're, we're not gonna be too harsh, but we're, we have to we have to issue something. We can't we can't yeah. just sit there and let it let it lie. We got to talk exactly about it. exactly. Uh, and by the way, a little later on, we're going to be previewing Duke's next football game, the undefeated Duke Blue Devils taking on the Yukon Huskies. We'll have a look ahead to that. Uh, and by the way, we, I, I jumped into all this. I'm Jason. He's Donald. Sam again can't be with us. You know, Donald. The problem with Sam is he's a hardworking man. He is just too too busy with his job these days. Unlike you and me, right? <laughs> I, I don't work, so um, most, that's just that's just how it is. But uh, no, we we miss Sam, and we 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 want oh, back, yeah. we want him back on the show. Um, we, we'll have him back very very soon once we get the scheduling, uh, kind of worked out a little bit. But for now, you just get Jason and I, uh, and I know a lot of people are like, "Damn!" But <laughs> we're gonna try. We're gonna try and get through this. <laughs> All right, so let's start with as promised uh, on the last episode. If you haven't listened to 535, go listen to 535 so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I said I-, I wanted crazy, wild predictions for the upcoming Blue Devil season. These should not be things that you're confident and are going to happen. These are things that are like a little bit like, eh, maybe, yeah, yeah maybe, you know, has a shot at happening. Um, so uh, let's go through some of them. The very first one is from Manny Matthews, who came to us with this one. And, and I think both Donald and I really hopped on this. He said his prediction Duke will set a school record this year for the most three-point shots attempted and made in a season. And Manny went on to say he just looks at this lineup and sees everyone in it. 
being a threat from long range. And he thinks the team's going to be bombing away. I think maybe he's thinking a little bit about John Shire's career. John Shire, a uh, prolific three-point shooter at at Duke. And now that John Shire is putting his imprint more and more on, uh, you know, on who's on the roster, um, Shire has recruited a lot of guys <laughs> who can shoot from the perimeter. So, uh, so Donald, step one in this process, give me a number, a percentage from one to 100 on Manny's prediction that Duke will set a record for the most three points of shot shots attempted this season. So it's, we're talking about shots attempted or shots made. He said attempted and made. Just so say, gonna, yeah, either way. We're going to go way. with made. I, we I don't, don't know that they attempted. are. To me, those are not. Those are very similar kind of numbers. Right. And, and I don't unless, really care. If if we go 100%, right. if we go 100% and set the record, yeah. Like, yeah. like that's fine, right? So let's go with made because I did some research on this when uh, Manny, this is probably, in my mind, the, the, the favorite of mine because we both, like you said, Jason, jumped on it. And I did some research on this. First, I made a guess. And that guess was correct. Jason Ives, you know this, so I'm not going to ask yep. you this question. This is true. For those out there, the team that has the most three-pointers made in a season, and remember, the three-point line only goes back like 35 years. The team with the with the most is the 2000-2001 team, our favorite team. We have Return of Glory. We, could, you know, we have all that. This is my favorite team. And I picked it immediately because I knew that when J.J. Reddick set the record for most threes in a season – at Duke, he passed two players on the 2000-2001 team who made their, their marks during that season. That was Jason Williams. He had 132 three-pointers. Shane Battier had 124. That team total had 407 three-pointers made. Now, Jason, that is a lot of three-pointers. That is 10.43s made per game. No Correct. one has come close to that. The 2015-16 team is the second most. They have 326. That was led by Grace Allen with 90 and Brandon Ingram with 80. So, Jason, I'm putting this at 10%. That is not because I don't think this team will be prolific. I think that is an otherworldly type of, you know, productivity from beyond the arc. And, and Jason, if you remember, like, back then, like, you know, Shane Battier set the record at that point, which has since been broken by JJ, of three-pointers in a game. He had nine in one game against Princeton. It was the second game of the year. I believe that was the same game where Coach K got his 500th win at Duke, and then the court was named immediately after him. That was the second game that I had at Duke. But also, he did that like seven, eight times. He had like eight, nine three-pointers <laughs> in the game. Yeah. So this team was just like every every game it was somebody. And don't forget, you had you know Mike Dunleavy. You had, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Duhon, and you had Nate James all making threes. They weren't making nearly as many as those guys, but they were still able to make them. So you had a bunch of guys who at any given point who could make threes. That is a big, big bar to set. And while I believe in this team, and I think they're going to be productive from beyond the three-point line, to get to 407 and to hit 10 per game, I feel like we have a lot of inside guys that are going to get buckets. And so I think the 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 scoring is going to be a little bit more distributed. So I'm going to go at 10%. But Manny, I would love to be wrong because if we're going to hit 400 threes, you know what happened in 2001? We won a national championship. That's going to happen again this year if we do that. Yeah, I, I would even go a little less than 10%. I think I'm probably down in the 5 maybe 7% kind of range because I think that this team actually has a lot of guys who are going to put the ball on the floor. It's not just big men scoring in the post. It's guys who are going to put the ball on the floor and and try and get into the lane and stuff like that. And, and I actually think, you know... Uh, I'm not so sure that we have as many shooters, maybe as Manny thinks we do. Look, I, you know, I, I love Tyrese Proctor. I love Jeremy Roach. I'm not sure either one of those guys are guys who want to put, put the ball up five, six, three pointers a game, seven, three pointers a game. I'm not sure they want to take quite that many. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know that Kyle Filipowski is going to take quite that many. Um, so I, I, I sort of feel like, yeah, we got some guys on the bench. Look, I think Jared McCain's going to take a lot. I think Jaden shoot when he plays is going to take a lot of threes, but but I just don't think we're going to quite get there to to meet the number of that 2001 team. Just like you, I did some research, and and yeah, that 2001 team absolutely sticks out so far. They are they are like another order of magnitude more mm -hmm. than any other team. I wasn't looking at total; I was looking at average because I sort of feel like average is a better metric. You know, a team could play fewer games. And be you know like let's say in, let's say in two thousand one uh, two thousand twenty one sorry when we had the shortened COVID season if that team had been bombing away it'd be unfair to say oh no they weren't the most prolific three point shooting team because they played you know like 
10, 15 fewer games than than usual right. for, a, for a Duke team. So I looked at the average, and just to put this in perspective, the other, the next highest team after the 2001 team is actually, in terms of three-pointers attempted, was 2008. They attempted 24 per game in 2008. And there are a whole bunch of Duke teams that are like 23.8, 23.6, you know, that kind of number. So the gap from 2008 to 2001 is 24 in 2008, 27 three-pointers per game in 2001. So like I say, it's just a, it's a big, it's a big jump. And, and I think, I think it's possible that this year we will be up in the, you know, in those, in that 23 kind of range in terms of a number of attempts per game. But I don't think we're going to reach the numbers of that 2001 team. It is worth noting. Like I said, I mean, obviously that 2001 team was a great team, you know, up there, top three in Duke history. We're not going to get into that debate right now. Uh, and it could make you think, oh, shooting three-pointers is one of the keys to success. But like I said, the number two team is that 2008 team. And uh, Greg Paulus, Kyle Singler, John Shire, Taylor King, Demarcus Nelson were all guys firing away on that team. 2008 was not a good year for Duke. That was a team that really struggled. And, and they took a ton of three-pointers. So that sort of shows you this is not necessarily a stat where you go, oh, this is something you can connect to success. Also, Jason, the keys between, again, going back to three-pointers made, which is the research that I did, 2001, in earnest, only five guys were hitting threes that year, the five yeah. guys that I mentioned. In 2015-2016, there were only five guys that made three-pointers the entire season. This is not the season that Marshall Plumlee hit the, hit the lone three, but, like, I mean, from, you know, on a roster of 14 or 15 guys, only five made threes. I think what what Manny's going for at least is that there are more guys on this team that feel like they're capable of hitting threes in the course yeah. of a given season. Right. But there's still gotta be a guy who's going to be prolific, like hitting again, Grayson Allen hit 90 and he's not even in the top like five of Duke seasons exactly. from, from three. So you have to have a guy who's really going up towards hundred and 110 and then have a guy kind of on his heels to even have a chance at that 2001 team. Uh, because again, they had the, you know, those that year, Jason Williams, 132 threes. He was second in all of college. Shane Batty was right behind him, third in all of college. So the, yeah, you're gonna you're talking some stratospheric type of numbers to get close to that team. So I, I would love to be, you know, inching towards that, but I think the way that this team is balanced, you're gonna have a lot of guys going to into the paint. You have a lot of guys, like you said, Jason, who are gonna be driving three pointers. If we can hit 40 to 45 percent. It may not matter how many we take because they'll be efficient in how they take them and it'll be leading to other points of the offense where we're going to be getting points. Dude, 40% would be unreal. Duke's not going to hit. I, I'll tell you right now. I don't <laughs> think Duke's going to hit 40%. Of that. That's a big, big number. Like if you tell me that Duke is hitting 38% of their threes, this team's cutting down some nets. <laughs> I'll tell you that right, right now. All right, so Manny, great question. We love that one. Let's move on to the next one we're going to highlight here, which comes from Scott Rich. Uh, Scott Dude on the on the dbr forums and he says his prediction is that ryan young will average 12 plus minutes per game this season and that ryan will have at least two games in acc play where he will play more than 20 minutes what do you think about this prediction you know what i actually don't think this is as wild a prediction as people think i i would give this probably 50 percent. i say that yeah, because I, because i, was gonna say, you know, I, I agree with you i i I feel like when 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 Scott put that out there, I was like, uh, "It's not that I asked for bold predictions, man." This way, <laughs> I fully expect th those are about the numbers I expect from Ryan Young. You're saying fifty percent? I think it's more like sixty plus percent. Yeah, twelve points a game. I mean, Jason, we could use the research while we're while we're talking here, but I'm 12, twelve sure minutes. Twelve twelve minutes per. I'm game. sorry, twelve plus minutes per game. I'm sorry. Yeah, and yeah. I think he was at that right around that higher than that last year, right? He was. I mean, yeah. he. Yeah, some minutes. He started a few games. Remember the start of the season because uh, of some injuries that we had. He was dominant. He led the team in scoring one game, right? Like he 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 had some moments where he was on the floor quite a bit, and even down the stretch in the ACC play, we had moments where he was on the on the court down the stretch. I think he's going to get these minutes, and yeah, I think there's going to be a couple of games where he's going to get twenty plus. Now, I know the caveat is Scott said it was going to be during ACC play, and I do think that there are a couple of games where that could happen. Of course, we need to see the schedule, 
But also, Jason, I think also with these back-to-backs that we will have, and I know we're going to have at least one that Saturday, Monday back-to-back, that's the opportunity where you're going to have some guys that were on the bench on that first game getting some minutes in the second game, especially early on in the season when you have the freshmen that can come on, kind of relieve some of the starters and make it where they don't have to play 40 minutes and, you know, and 40 minutes in two games and 48 hours. Yeah. By the way, Ryan Young last year, you, you asked about it. He averaged 17.7 minutes per game. So yeah, predicting 12 minutes per game this season would be a, 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 you know, less. And I do think he very well may play less. I mean, the, the big man rotation is going to be very different this year from what it was last year. But uh, bottom line is, um, Scott, uh, I, I I ding you, my friend, for for not, for not making a truly bold prediction. Both of us think this is fifty percent plus odds of happening. Uh, speaking of Ryan Young, Mountain Devil had this prediction. He said that Ryan Young will lead the team in scoring at least once, and he said, and that will elevate Ryan Young to Nate Jane's level of fan favorite. I'm going to go first on this one. I, just kind of like what Scott just did. I'm like, yeah, I, Ryan Young leading the team in scoring. Uh, again, I'll take about a 50% chance of that happening. I don't think that is that unlikely. Uh, you know, especially I think in some of these early season games where I think it's more likely that that Ryan's probably going to be starting. Um, I, he did it last year. I see no reason why he won't do it this year. What do you think? I, I put this at like 80%. Like this is going, I almost think this is going to happen. And I say that because he did it last year. I think he did it more than once. I think there was one time he tied with Tyrese Proctor. I think there's one time he tied with Jalen Blakes for the team lead and yeah. points for a game. And so he he's done it multiple times. I have no reason to suspect he wouldn't do it again in this, uh, this season, especially given, especially, you know, early in the season, that is when teams kind of, you know, rely on veteranship, you know, veteran, veteran play and leadership, right? He's going to be one of those guys that's going to be on the floor early in the season as some of these younger, you know, freshmen come along. They may not come along as, as fast as, you know, many people expect. So that's going to happen. So I think this is going to be, you know, 80%, but also Jason, the, the Nate James uh, level of fan favorite. Yeah. I'm putting this at a hundred percent because I think he's there. I, I think he's, pre- I mean, like the, Nate podca- James is, the podcast know, has lifted him. Yeah. The podcast has lifted him, but also before that, right? Like he's, he is easily in, in very quick fashion, become one of the most heralded fan favorite players that I've seen at Duke since, you know, in a long time. I think that's great for him. The fact that he came in and came off the bench and you know, was so efficient, I think endeared him to a lot of fans very quickly. And I don't see that, you know, dissipating and Hey, Jason, if we go ahead and win it all, just walk it off. He can, you know, we can put his name. We we have to give him a nickname. I think that's where where we're going, right? Like Nate James is a badass. We we have to. I don't know if Ryan Young <laughs> has a nickname that we can bestow upon him that would fit the leadership and just what he brings to the table. But the fact that he is here at Duke is one of the best decisions that this coaching staff has made in a very long time. I feel like his nickname is YMCA. Everyone just. <laughs> I mean, seriously, every you cannot. Or, or or old man, either one of those. Everyone's yeah, old man game. Got, like he's got an old OMG. man game. Yeah. He's got a YMCA game. It's the same basic thing. I feel you like know what, what? I'm gonna call him OG OG Ryan Young. That's what I'm gonna call him. That's not bad. Original game. Pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on. David Ben Akiva. Man, David is one of the top top posters on the Duke Basketball Report forums. He said his prediction is that Duke will win the ACC regular season by two-plus games. And by the way, uh, J.W. Barnhill, who's a listener to the podcast, was on this same train. He said Duke would go undefeated, in which case I think they'll probably win the ACC regular season by at least four games. So what do you think of these? Uh, First of all, Duke winning the ACC regular season by two-plus games and Duke going undefeated in the ACC regular season. Look, do not mistake what I'm about to say as me wanting this to happen because obviously – when I approach a season, I I literally look at every game and say, Duke can win every one of these games. They can go 40-0. And when we lose, it's always expected because I'm like, hey, I don't think we're going to go undefeated, but I don't see where that where that loss is happening because every game we can win. Having said that, to win the ACC by two-plus games, I'm giving that more like a 20% chance. Like, yeah, sure, it could happen. And I, but the ACC has been competitive for a long time. It, it, you know, just every single year where no matter how good or, or bad people think that, you know, some of these teams are, 
it always ends up where the top is very, very jam-packed entering that final weekend of play. So I'm going to put that at like 20, let's say 20%. We'll put that there. For going undefeated, I'm putting that at like 3%. I, I just, it, it's super, super difficult. I, I What is it? Only one team has done it in ACC play, and that's the 99ers. Um, it's, it's, it's super, it's super difficult to go undefeated in conference play. I, I, you know, I'd love for it to happen, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And there are more games played in conference play now than there were back then. Right. There's 20. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. First of all, Duke winning the ACC by two plus games. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely there. This Duke team is really, really good. We, we haven't had, I mean, look, we've talked about this a lot. We haven't had. NBA first round draft pick level talent come back to Duke in a long, long, long time. I think we forget how much better these great freshmen are going to be now that they are sophomores. I also don't think we've had this kind of depth on a Duke team. I don't know. Like we've talked about the 99 team, maybe since the 99 team where Pete Gillen of Virginia famously said, Taman Domzalski doesn't even play for Duke. If Taman Domzalski was at Virginia, we would erect a statue to him. That's how much depth <laughs> Pete Gillen said Duke had in 1999. This Duke team strikes me as similarly incredibly deep. So I'm going to say winning the ACC by two-plus games, I'm going to do about 40% on that. I, that seems like a crazy number, but I, I really think that this Duke team is going to be outstanding. And I'm also going to have a little higher number. That I agree, going undefeated super super difficult i'm going to give that about maybe eight eight percent that's about where i am on that which most years most years i'd be at like two percent but i'll go about eight percent you could maybe even talk me to ten percent because i really think this duke team is something special but the the acc has enough other good teams that there's just no way you can you can get all the way through the the conference race uh completely undefeated i think um, the other thing i think the other thing about that is just yo going undefeated in the acc would be terrific Going undefeated in March and April is what I want. So if if that means Amen, we're, we're, that means we're losing one game in in the middle, you know the I, I say the dog days of January, I'll I'll take that so that we go. If if you tell me I'll you can trade that for undefeated March and April, give it to me. By the way, all the all the all the teams nationally who've like gone undefeated in the regular season always end up losing in the NCAA tournament. St. Joe's did it once. The the, the Kentucky team. In 2015, did it since 1976? Uh, no one has gone undefeated. But yeah. Also, every team there's there was also some stat like every team. I think until like maybe recently, a team that had 30 wins entering March never didn't win the national uh, didn't win the NCAA tournament. So it's yeah. like you almost want to like I don't want to say want, but there's almost a, a a thing where it says it's it's good to lose just so you understand what it's like, so you never have to do it again. Uh, let's move on to the next one: urinal cake. A fine poster on the DBR forums says no one on the team will average 30 minutes per game. I think this is a really, this is a really interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, like until he mentioned it, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that, but man, I think that's a fascinating one. Unfortunately, I'm only going to give it about a 15% chance of happening. I, I feel like Kyle Filipowski, there's just, there's not as much competition at his position you know, he's going to go between the four and the five at times. Um, I, I feel like Kyle didn't have a lot of foul trouble last year. Now, a lot of that was probably Derek Lively, you know, cleaning up stuff in the post. So foul trouble could limit this. But I feel like Kyle Filipowski is going to average 30 minutes per game. I just feel like that's pretty likely. And then the other guy, I think Mark Mitchell may come really close to 30, if not going over 30 minutes per game. Because I mentioned on the last podcast, we were talking about Jaden Shoot and how much I thought he was going to play. Part of that is because I don't see a lot of other guys who can sort of play that 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 wing forward position for Duke uh, other than Mark Mitchell. So those are, you know, I, I could probably make a case for for Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach too. <laughs> but but I, I like I said, I'm going like 10, maybe 15% that we don't have anyone who averages 30 minutes per game. What do you think? I think it's 10%. Yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you in the sense that someone is going to get 30 minutes and I think multiple people get 30 minutes. And this is the 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 stat that like injuries don't hurt you, right? Like if you, yeah. if you get, if you are injured and we don't want injuries, but if someone's injured and they sit out a couple of games that only helps their minutes per game, right? Like they, they don't get ding because, you know, Zion Williamson had, you know, what was it? 35 minutes a game or whatever it was. And he sat out like for six games cause he was hurt. Exactly. The injury didn't help him in that. It just only helped it. it the only thing that hurt him 
was that UNC game where he got hurt very early and didn't come back into the game. Like that is the only thing that can really affect a, a you know minutes per game scenario. So yeah, I think some I think at least you know two two guys are going to get maybe three because it just seems like how it works. Some guy is going to uh, you know kind of announce himself as the you know the the alpha on this team in a way they're going to get the bulk of the minutes. All right, I got another fascinating one for you. Sky Bricky. Sky Bricky chimes in with this one. Jared McCain will average more points per game in ACC play than Jeremy Roach or Tyrese Proctor. And sorry, and Tyrese Proctor. So Jared McCain, a bigger scorer in ACC play than Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor. Donald, give me a percentage, baby. This is tough. I'm I'm this is just straight off of the cuff. 15%. I don't think he's going to get more playing time than yeah. Proctor or Roach. And because of that, it's very difficult. I mean, uh, hey, he could be super efficient. Again, if he comes in and bangs in like, you know, five or six threes in 15 minutes, cool. We'd love that. But I just don't see that happening because I don't think he's going to have enough time on the floor to get the number of shots that's going to be necessary to compete with those two who are going to be taking quite a few shots and, and and have the ball in their hands quite a bit. So yeah, I'm going to say 15%. Um, it, I'm honestly could go lower than that, but I'm just going to stick with 15. Yeah. I'm lower than you. I'm at about 10% on this one. And, and look, obviously injuries could play a role in this. If God forbids, uh, you know, Proctor or Roach gets hurt, then the odds of this go up significantly. But, but I think, you know, uh, hopefully knock on wood, if there are no injuries, I'm with you. I, I just don't see McCain getting enough minutes. I also think people forget how good of a score Jeremy Roach was at times last year. And I'm sure down the stretch. The, yeah. I mean, do he took over games in the second half routinely last season and he, he is a senior. He is way older than the other guys of this roster other than, other than Ryan young. And I think, uh, it's easy, I think, because he doesn't have the, the NBA pedigree that some of these other guys do to think, oh, Jeremy Roach, you know, sort of forget about Jeremy Roach. Dude, I'll be real surprised if Jeremy Roach isn't averaging 14 plus points per game this year. Just so just so we're not always talking about injuries that we do not want, knock on wood. I'm just going to say foul trouble. OK, so there's yeah. going to be opportunities for Jeremy McCain and, and Caleb Foster to get more minutes than Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach if they get into foul trouble and that, and we've seen that part, right? We've seen Jeremy Roach get two quick fouls and that's not necessarily his fault that that's going to happen over the course of season. Everyone's going to need to be ready to play because that can come up. And again, we go back to minutes per game that can reduce the minutes. If you're sitting on the bench because you have, you know, two fouls in the first half or four in the second. I, I think when it, when we talk about Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor, as of right now, and obviously this can change because we have a long season ahead of us, those two are going to have the ball in their hands at the end of the game. The, those two guys yep. are going to be the ones on the floor at the end of the game. That's you know, We talk about clutch minutes. I know that was a stat that we part of the stat game last year. We talk about clutch minutes. These guys are going to have clutch minutes, and that is where they're going to rack up minutes and points over Jeremy Kane, even Caleb Foster, because as of right now, when it comes time to the inside the five minutes and we're down by – or we're up by four, those two guys are not going to have the ball in their hands. And they're not, m maybe one of them is not going to be on the floor because the other two, Roach and Proctor, are going to have the lion's share of the minutes. They're going to have the lion's share of the ball in their hand. And we've seen how they perform in clutch time. I wouldn't count them out. All right. Well, I'm almost done with our wild predictions from the listeners, from the audience. Foster Coach K has this one Mark Mitchell will win ACC Player of the Year. I'm going to go first in this, Donald. If he put a D in front of that, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, I'd be up in the uh, 60, maybe 70% range. I just don't think, I, first of all, I don't think that the folks who vote on ACC Player of the Year, uh, they, they don't consider defense enough for Mark Mitchell to get there, I think. And, and I just, I'm having trouble seeing Mark Mitchell putting up the kind of points, the kind of gaudy offensive statistics that it's going to like Mark Mitchell's a glue guy and glue guys win championships. They don't win player of the year awards. And, and that's a pity uh, because you can't, you can't win it without a glue guy like Mark Mitchell, dude who does everything for you. But I just don't think his stats are going to be there. I'm going to go like 5% on this. I, I just think it's super, super unlikely. But like I said, if it was D ACC defensive player of the year, I'd be up in the sixties. 
I'm going to go 10% on the player of the year. But Jason, can I add to this prediction to sure. boost it up? Not only will he win ACC Defensive Player of the Year, but he's going to be in the top three, maybe even win the National Defensive Player of the Year awards. Like, that's where I think we're going with this. And in that regard, I will up adding that to, to this prediction of Player of the Year. I'm going to add that and just make it one big prediction. I'm going to say 35% with all of that. If you take out the defensive part, then it drops down to like 10. But if you add the defensive part, I'm putting at 30% because I think I think people now know what we knew last year, that Mark Mitchell can defend his butt off. And him being on the floor in crunch time as a defender is something that no team wants to see. And the fact that Tennessee saw that there was no Mark Mitchell in the lineup, they knew that they could expose us in many ways on the defensive end. Uh, on, on the when we were on defense, so I'm saying that this man right here is going to get the love on the defensive end. He is going to win ACC Defensive Player of the Year and be in the top three for National Defensive Player of the Year. I love it. That's a good prediction, and you're and you're right in there. Thirty percent is about about the number I think on that because that's a that's that's heady, but that's a big big time spot to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, a- a- anyway, hey, wrapping up. I just did want to mention this one thing. There are a bunch of folks who wrote to us or or posted on the DBR forums about predicting that Duke will not win at NC State. Donald, explain that prediction to the to the masses. Yeah. So first of all, I think it was a response to not just the wild predictions, but us kind of talking about which ACC road game we would want to do this year. And I mentioned yeah, yeah. NC State because I'd love to beat them at NC State for once. Um, which yeah, I still believe that, but a lot of people are saying that NC state, they want, they, they predict that we're going to lose at NC state because the last two times that we won a national championship, we went to NC state and we lost. And it was the only meeting that we had against NC state in those two years. So I think they're kind of bringing that up to say, Hey, if, if the stars align and we want to win a national championship we got to do what we what the blueprint says and the blueprint says we go to nc state in our only meeting and we lose now i am not one to wish for any duke team to lose any game i just i just talked about this uh and so i am going to vehemently disagree with all of them out there even oh, though i know doing, the we're not doing a prediction on that we're not doing, we're not doing a prediction I'm gonna My percentage is zero. 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 <laughs> zero percent. I hope this never happens. <laughs> I hope we go. And honestly, I hope when the schedule comes out next week and we see what date it is and I can get down there, I hope I'm in the building for it. I want to see their faces when we just expose them and murder them in front of everybody. And then and then and then call Sports Center and, and talk to Scott Van Pelt and tell him what happened if he didn't see it for the record. I hope that happens. But you know, hey, we could also lose. And if we do, you know. I guess there's some silver lining in it. Well, we can't lose. We just both said it's zero percent. It can't. Okay, happen. <laughs> then it's happening. And we're always right, even when we're wrong. We're right because we could have been. We could have been wrong. Amen, brother. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we look ahead to a big weekend for Duke football. Okay, wait, that's that's in two weekends. We're going to look ahead to what's happening this weekend for Duke football. Duke against UConn. Man, would that be great on the basketball field? Unfortunately, it's on football. But we'll have a preview coming up after this break. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Wow, the year feels like it's flown by. As we enter the summer, it is the time to take note of the wins that life has brought you. And it's a good time to make adjustments for the rest of 2024. Talking to someone about those wins and improvements can help you recalibrate and give you something to focus on for the remaining months of the year. That's right, Donald. That's where BetterHelp can provide the alley-oop. Getting advice from a therapist can help you keep the focus on the good things in life and learn how to handle the hard better. It's online, it's flexible, and you get to fit it within your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched to a professional that can serve as your guide and you can switch anytime you wish. So if you need help setting those goals to carry you through 2024, try BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DukeBB, that's D-U-K-E-B-B, today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DukeBB. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back from the break, and it's time to look ahead to Duke's game this weekend against the UConn Huskies in football. UConn, by the way, 0-3 and 144th in the Sagarin rankings. They are basically like a middle, upper-middle kind of FCS opponent, you know, one AA, however, whatever you refer to those teams that aren't, aren't in the major conferences. That's sort of what UConn is. Uh, they are, by the way, an independent. They're they not in any conference. Um, but uh, Duke is favored in this game, according to Las Vegas, by 21 points, even though it is a road game. Duke's first road game of the season. Blue Devils are a 21-point favorite. I have seen some folks making projections that they think Duke should be picked by 30 points in this game. Wow. Donald, what you got? Tell me a little bit about what you're thinking about with this game. And by the way, you're not allowed to mention Notre Dame yet. No mentioning Notre Dame till the very end. We'll talk about them at the end. Okay, so I, I will try to reserve my my comments on on Notre Dame, but I will say that the reason why yes, UConn is not great this year, but UConn is still a Division One opponent. This is not, we're not going to visit the Lafayette Leopards, right? We're going to visit the UConn Huskies. Of course, on the on the on the basketball court, we got beef with them, and on the gridiron, we haven't seen them that much. But what I want to see from Duke in this game is to make sure that this is not a trap game. I want to get that clear. I'm not talking about next week. I want them to go up there with the mindset that, hey, we got one team on our plate. We're going up here. We're going to go into Rensselaer Field. We're going to just absolutely beat the beat the pants off of them. We're going to eat some dinner, and we're going to go back home and make this the business trip that that other teams do when they go on the road to you know places that they know they should win. I think the key here, Jason, is taking care of the football. As of right now, UConn, through three games, only has one takeaway. They have a fumble recovery. That's it. No interceptions. And Riley Leonard, to his credit, has done great at taking care of the football. Or, you know, I think we had a couple of fumbles uh, over the you know past couple of weeks that, you know, we can, we can, you know. We've been cleaning it up. It was, it was worse than Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, and we've, we've had some, we, we've had those games and hopefully those are out of our system. And I think taking care of the football is going to be the key because what we've done all year, the great thing about it is that we haven't had any momentum killers, really. Like the only real momentum killer that we kind of had was that first game against Clemson where we muffed the punt and they scored a touchdown, but we recovered from that. I think other than that, we have really taken care of the football and also we've taken the football away, which has been great. I think winning the turnover battle is key. I think for us limiting the number of big plays that UConn has to give them any type of momentum, take them out of the game early. Like that's the key. Take them out of the game to the point where by the end, by halftime, everybody who's at the rent is going back out into the parking lot to tailgate again because the game is over. That's what we want to see. And I think to do that, a run a game just like it was this past week needs to be on point, but also Riley Leonard can take his shots downfield at this, with this uh, uh, UConn defense, take some shots downfield, Take some chances. And I'm not saying throw the ball in the triple coverage, but hey, you know, have the game plan, do it where you kind of run, you know, do some nine nine nines, have some hot routes, and and send some guys deep. 
air it out because you're going to catch them on one of them. And when you do, those are the backbreaking plays that will lift our team and demoralize theirs. So that's what I'm looking for against this UConn team. Like you said, Jason, they aren't great, but that doesn't mean that I don't worry about this game only because we are going to a division one team, a team who has been decent years past, but in this, in this independent style of football that they're playing, they'll take on anybody. And the fact that they are going to be up and ready for this game because they consider us a rival in everything. I want us to be ready to match that intensity. And if we can do that, we're the better football team and we should win. All right, Donald, I got a couple of things on this. First of all, you mentioned that they've been decent in years past. You kind of played in a bowl game last year to play in a mm-hmm. bowl game. You need to win six games. Do you know the six games they won last year? Get ready for this murderer's row of victories. They beat <laughs> Central Connecticut, Fresno State, Florida International, BC, ACC team, BC. It was a 13 to three game, ugly, horrible game. UMass and Liberty. I'll give that list to you again. Central Connecticut, Fresno State, Florida International, BC, UMass, and Liberty. Ugh, that is really not good. That now, Jason, them... Jason yeah. you mentioned the 13-3 game. I will say that through three games this year, they have scored 45 points total. Yeah, they're not a that good is not a lot of points. So, yes, keep them off the scoreboard. That's obviously key. But the fact that they like to take these games and kind of grind them down in the dirt to make it where you don't score, that's what we have to avoid. Yeah, so, by the way, by winning those six games, they got the right to play in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Myrtle Beach, fabulous, fabulous in the spring and summer. Not so much in December. Anyway, they played the Myrtle Beach Bowl against Marshall, and they lost by two touchdowns. Last year, UConn was not a very good bowl team, and this year they are way, way worse. Their QB got hurt a couple games ago. They've been rolling with their backup QB, a guy named uh, Taquan Robertson. Um, or sorry, Roberson, I should say. He was originally at Penn State, um, but he really isn't super experienced in terms of gameplay. And he, if you look at his stats, he's not very accurate in terms of throwing the ball. He was supposed to be their starter a year ago, but he he hurt his knee pretty badly, missed basically the entire season. And there are a lot of UConn people who think he still is not confident running, cutting, and doing all the athletic kind of things on his knee today. Uh, this UConn team is a sloppy team. They average 62 yards of penalty per game. That is a lot. By comparison, Duke only averages 28 yards of penalties. So this UConn team, you already mentioned the turnovers. They are minus three in turnover, you know, in 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 turnover margin on the season through three games. So this is a team that turns the ball over, doesn't get turnovers from the opposition, and commits a lot of penalties. And then Donald, you mentioned this as well, but I'm putting some numbers behind it. The biggest key to this game is the rushing attack. Duke averages an a ridiculous, outstanding 242 yards rushing per game. I'll give you that number again. Duke is averaging 242 yards rushing per game. UConn is giving up, on average, 180 yards per game. 180 is bad. If teams are getting close to 200 yards on the ground, you're probably in trouble. Duke usually steamrolls over that number. That 200, that 200 is sort of a magic number. If you're rushing the ball, if you get 200 yards on the ground, you're in really good shape. I think this is going to be a game where Duke is going to pound them on the ground again and again and again. UConn's done, by the way, a very poor job of containing opposing quarterbacks. Newsflash, Riley Leonard can run with the ball. And he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good at that. I, I just think th- this sets up very, very poorly for UConn. And now that we've talked about UConn, Donald, I am opening the floor. We are allowed to discuss the fact this is a huge trap game for Duke because of their because they have to, even as much as the coaching staff says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You know they're looking ahead at Notre Dame. It has been announced, people, if you've been under a rock and you haven't heard it, it has been announced that the Duke-Notre Dame game next Saturday will be played at 7.30 p.m. prime time and aired on ABC TV. Donald, I don't know the last time that a Duke game was in prime time on a national, I'm not counting ESPN, I can when, tell you. When was it? it when was, was it? It was the ACC championship game against Florida State because those oh, were on good ABC. Call. Good call. <laughs> you are correct, sir. I was thinking regular season, not counting bowl games and stuff like that. Regular season. It has been a long, long time since the Blue Devils were in prime time on ABC, CBS, or NBC, or Fox uh, in, in, for a regular season game. I mean, wow. This is, this is just such a huge matchup. People are already talking about in the history of Wally Wade. Like, 
Where does this rank? I think this is arguably, especially if Notre Dame beats Ohio State this weekend, this is arguably the second biggest game in the history of Wally Wade. The biggest game being the time that they hosted the Rose Bowl. They were they were afraid during World War II. They moved. I, I want to say it was like forty two, nineteen forty two. Yeah, they, and Duke uh, they played afraid, in that game. Yeah, they were afraid of, of of holding the Rose Bowl on the West Coast because of Japanese submarines during World War II, and they moved it over to Durham and they held it at Wally Wade. That has to be hosting the Rose Bowl has to be the biggest game in the history of Wally Wade. I think this could be number two. That's how big a game it is. And last thing, Donald, before you comment on Notre Dame, Mike Elko had a great quote this week. He said, we talk all the time that anytime you take the game of football for granted, it will find a way to humble you really, really quickly. He is driving into these guys' heads. Do not look ahead to Notre Dame. Do not take UConn for granted. Coach, I hear you. I'm trying. I'm really trying, but I'm not sure I can get there. Hey, you know what? I I honestly am not focused on Notre Dame. That is going to be a big game, and we will have all week to think about it. When it comes to UConn, again, I, I always look at this game, and, and when I think about teams that we're playing, I think about the intensity that can be matched, right? And I think the fact that UConn and Duke have that history on the basketball court, UConn, again, they consider us rivals in everything. We, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, sure, we're we're looking at we're looking at the the basketball court. They're looking at everything, and because of that, they're going to come out and say, "Hey, they're not going to when the when the newspapers or whatever the online article is going to be written, it's going to they want it to say UConn beats Duke. They don't care what sport it's in, and we need to come out and match that intensity, saying, "Hey, you want to come box with us? Cool. We know how to fight." And I think that's what it's going to be. The intensity level has got to be matched. The you know when we when we put the talent levels aside the intangibles need to be done and they need to be focused on. That's where the trap comes in is if we don't take care of those intangibles, it doesn't matter who we're playing next week or the week after that. It doesn't matter next week's homecoming and that, you know, arguably one of the greatest programs in college football history is coming to town. Does not matter. What matters is what's in front of us. We can only take care of what's in front of us. And that is going to Hartford, East Hartford, Connecticut, beating UConn and making sure that they don't have any problems understanding who the better team is, and then getting back down, then we can talk about next week. I love that attitude. I wish I could be with you. I'm trying. Like <laughs> I said, I'm trying, man. And I'm not looking past UConn because I'm excited for the game because I think the Duke may put up some gaudy stats in this game. <laughs> By the way, this game, plays, you so. just mentioned all the, you just mentioned how next week is on ABC. This game is on, I believe, CBS Sports Network. So yeah, as we said last week, Check your local listings. Um, some of you may not have that channel. I do, uh, but some of you may not. Um, CBS Sports Network, uh, I believe, is a three thirty kickoff. It is. That is correct. You've you've given the people the, all the proper information. All right. So we are done. Again, thanks to all of you who wrote to us at dbrpodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate it. We read a bunch of them here on the air, and we talked about them. Uh, for Donald, I am Jason. Go out and support your Duke, Duke Blue Devils. If you have not bought tickets for that Notre Dame game, that stadium better be full of blue, not green. Uh, people, people, this is serious. Do not let Notre Dame fans fill up Wally Wade. If you are anywhere within driving distance of that game, you got to go to that game. But first we have to deal with UConn. I know, I know, I know. Sorry. I'm, I can't also, help it, man. I can't help also, it. Also, you're going to need gear for that game. You're going to want to, if you don't have Duke Blue, you can buy it at Fanatics using our affiliate code. You can also buy it at Home Field Apparel dbr podcast enter that code at checkout if it's your first time you're going to get 15 percent off and you help support the show it's a win-win situation and you're going to look good doing it that's the best part Ooh, i love it very well done donald very well done for donald for missing sam i am jason and here's the duke band to play us out and take us home So before we begin, mm-hmm. like, I, like I told you, I was at the dentist today. That is no fun. The dentist, not fun. I, I don't go because it usually every t- So here's the thing. I always found this, right? Like every single time I go to the dentist and yeah. last time I went to the dentist was probably like two years ago. I have a, I have a fake tooth, so I had to get it like re reattached essentially. Like it, it's like re-screwed or whatever. And every time they come in, they're like, 
it's like it's like going to uh, get your oil changed, right? You go, hey, I just need oil change, and they go, oh, oh no, you know, your tires are <laughs> messed up. Oh, your carburetor's messed up. Oh, we found a leak. That's gonna be forty-seven thousand dollars. You should probably get this done today. It won't take too long, I promise. Like that's sort of thing. So every time I go to the dentist, they're like, oh, you have a cavity. Oh, you have like three cavities over here. You got two over here. We're gonna we can fix that for you, no problem. And so mistake was the last couple times I went to the dentist, they're like, Hey man, you have a cavity and we're going to fix that for you. We, it's, you know, I know you just want a regular cleaning, but you know, we want to fix these cavities. But what they don't know is that I looked at my records because I have to have records because I have this fake tooth here. Right. And so they said, Hey, you have a cavity on your front right tooth. And I was like, this one, he's like, yep. And I was like, that's fake. It's fake tooth, bruh. I don't know if you looked at wow. the then they said, oh, you have one in the molar over here. I was like, you mean the one that I already got the filling in? He was like, no, no, it doesn't have a filling. I'm like, man, all my molars got fillings in them, bro. Like, I don't know if you looked at the x-ray or if you looked at my mouth at all. But you're like, you, I know you probably went through the Rolodex and said, let me pick these teeth. Because everyone has has cavities in these teeth. But it ain't me. So that was the last time I went to the dentist. Like, to actually get, you know, a full cleaning. <laughs> Uh, all I know is it's an hour that I just do not enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for real. You, and you're just like, no. Mouth no. open. The, the worst, okay, worst before we get started, the worst is your mouth is open the whole time. They're clearly doing stuff to your teeth. And they're asking you questions. Thank you. Yes. How's, uh, how's life? <laughs> yeah. That woman's like, so before we started, she was like, so have you done anything interesting lately? And I was like, oh, yeah, I went to Iceland and Norway. It was really cool. So she's asking me questions about Iceland and Norway while she's got three <laughs> three metal things in my mouth poking around, holding onto my tongue. The saliva. And then they say look- don't move. Then they say yeah. don't move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the best to. thing about Iceland? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. DBR will never stand for the dentist basketball report ever. No. no <laughs> I feel awful because I'm sure there's some dentists who listen to, listen to us who are perfectly good people. Yeah, didn't, no, love the people. Actually love the conversations. I just hate that they have the worst <laughs> timing for these conversations. <laughs> yep, yep. There we go. We got some good post-credit content there. <laughs> All it took was a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>